Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. Alrighty, righty, righty. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're at and whatever time you are in the world today. I appreciate you tuning in to the Bold Believer podcast once again. As always, I'm your host, Josh Snyder, and uh, today we're going to do something a little special. Again, I probably say stuff like that fairly often because we're trying new things fairly often, and we're rolling out new ways in which we focus on different topics and genres in which we can speak on all within uh, the Christian faith and the faith defense, for example, is a series that will continue to roll out and to move forward uh, in future episodes and things like that. But today, the thing that we're doing that is fairly unique and special at this point is we're going to be including a segment, just a small segment from a uh, an interview that I did with uh, another individual from a group or a channel, a YouTube channel, that is a podcast channel called uh, Lethos Cry. I believe I'm pronouncing it right. But essentially, it was a it was a Christian based. Uh, <laughs> get this, it was very it was a Christian based metal uh, metal YouTube channel, like Christian heavy metal rock. And uh, the guy's goal, and he's, he's a very solid individual, very very good man of faith, and uh, I love talking with him. But his goal is to basically take metal heads and to really give them solid doctrine and combine doctrine and metal because he really likes metal music, uh, Christian metal that is. And uh, but also combine the very deep theology that is found within the Christian faith, and not just have some you know surface fluff Christianity. Uh, and so anyway, uh, this channel called Lethos Cry interviewed me uh, not too long ago, and uh, this is going to be a section from that episode that I will be replaying, answering a couple of questions along the lines of misconceptions in the Christian faith, and we talk a little bit about stereotypes in the church, we talk a little bit about some areas where I believe the church overall is failing or has failed, and uh, some some things, especially in my group of churches, the people who I uh, run around with, my, my clan, the uh, <laughs> Baptist circles, what we've probably fallen short in uh, very deeply over the years. And uh, so we're going to get into some misconceptions and why I believe they're misconceptions found based on Scripture and uh, talk a little bit about this, uh, this, that range of things here today. But before we do, let's get to the most important part, and that always is the uh, bold, bold joke, joke of the day. day. Today's bold joke comes once again from the Exponentially Bad Dad Joke Book. I highly recommend this joke book if you want uh, an arsenal of dad jokes. Some of y'all are like, well, I'll just use Google, and that's probably the cheapest way to do it. So actually keep using Google, but I got this book given to me, so I'm going to use it. All right, so here's today's. My boss told me to have a good day, so I went home. Yeah. All right, you're welcome. Come back again next week for another eye-rolling joke of the day, the bold joke of the day, that is. Alrighty, with that, with that out of the way, I wanted to say this before we get started on this uh, really fun interview. Um, if you want to help us grow and learn, if you want to help us move forward and to get better listings when people look up Christian podcasts or faith defense podcasts and things like that, please uh, like the podcast wherever you get it. 
if that's possible, or leave us a solid review, especially if you get it on Apple Podcasts. They they like seeing good solid reviews, so if you wouldn't mind hopping on and just giving us a five-star review and saying a few nice words about us, especially if you mean it, especially if you mean it. If you don't mean it, I, I maybe maybe leave five stars anyway. I, I don't know. Is that lying? Well, okay, don't lie. Just, just don't leave a review at all. But uh, if you want to help us out, please leave us a solid review and share with a friend. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, just share a link over to your social media pages or or introduce somebody to it if you like the content. But let, without further ado, let's jump into uh, straight into uh, one of the questions that I was asked by uh, my friend from Lethos Cry. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that. Uh, let's talk about some of the misconceptions that the church has that you've seen concerning faith, music, arts, culture. What are some of those misconceptions that you see and why do you think it's important for the church to overcome these misconceptions? Very deep question. Thank you for asking. I, uh, I've been considering this for a little bit and questions like this for, for years now. Um, let me just take it back to this and I don't want to be too long winded, but I want to be as, as concise as I can be. I grew up in a, in a home and I grew up in a group and I, I grew up in a circle of, of influences in my church and in my family who felt a certain way about certain styles of music, who felt a certain way about certain cultures or, or ways in which we, we do life. You know, every culture is different. And, uh, but m- the culture I grew up in was very fundamental, someone might say. And I, again, I'm not casting aside the fundamentalists of Scripture and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the blood atonement for our sins and the fact that we are to eschew evil and to, to run to God every day, the author and finisher of our faith. But there are certain things that we as religious people take and we take things that aren't doctrinal and we put doctrines on them and we implant things, I think, much like the New Testament Pharisees and even the Old Testament, some of the Old Testament uh, uh, leaders, they would take certain practices and make them doctrine. And I think the church, at least on a large scale from my perspective and the churches that I've, I've been a part of, a lot of them, the thing that they struggle with most is making doctrines out of preferences, making doctrines out of uh, ideas or thoughts that you know worked for them and their parents, and thinking somehow because it's a new thing in the culture that makes it wrong. Because this music is lively and it's got some drums, that 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 makes it wrong because my parents didn't grow up with that. Well, you're, I mean, their parents, as parents, as parents, as parents, as parents, as back in the time of scripture, they didn't have books to read from they had a scroll they, they wore robes we don't run around wearing things you know we, our culture is not the same even as it was back then and somehow we take a culture from 250 years ago sometimes in the independent fundamental baptist circle we take those cultures and from 250 years ago and say well this is right this is how we should act and this yeah. is godly and doctrinally correct and yeah. and i understand some of the ideas behind you know wanting to always do what's right to the best of our ability. And so that means push back against anything that you think is evil. But sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater when in all reality, we need to get rid of certain things that are like change the water out. Don't throw the whole thing out to, to go in and take what maybe what the world meant for evil and find how God can work through those very tools that Satan thought he had the keys to. Yeah. So I, I think the church has got a little ways to grow in there. That is really, really profound. I often joke in my mind, and I think I've said this to a few people. I think, yeah, you know, I like. Uh, th- there are some hymns that I absolutely love. Uh, they are just so reassuring. I mean, you can learn things powerful. from them. Very powerful. But there are some people like, well, if it's not a hymn, 
uh, and all hymns are good. They throw all hymns are good. Well, I've, there's some hymns where the doctrine in it or the teaching is just completely way off, but because it's <laughs> older, they're like, well, I feel comfortable with this. And I think some people, because they think that those hymns are closer to the time that Jesus walked the earth, that it's probably a little bit more, a little bit more correct, but that's not always, that's not always the case. And yeah. And on top of that, just think about it, Beethoven and Bach and some of these older um, composers that a lot of those, you know, the same people prescribe to thinking, you know, this is the best of music has to offer. Those guys were hip and new at one point. Those guys were current and they were plugging music in the radio. If they had a radio in those days, you know, they were they were in they were in style. And just because they're out of style now doesn't mean that that was the, you know, doctrinal style that we all need to stick to and, you know, get those drums out of here and they're of the devil, you know. Yeah. It's funny you say that because a couple months ago, I actually got uh, blasted by a church musicologist because I wrote a book on some of this stuff uh, about a statement that I made in the book. And I didn't make the statement. I quoted it from a director of a symphony orchestra about Handel's Messiah when it came out. The majority of the church thought it was a blasphemous piece of music because opera (laughs) singers were were singing it and uh he uh he tried to rally the anglican church to try to sue me for that statement i didn't make the statement i quoted it and cited it in the book but i touched the sacred cow there that uh now when this came out this was considered hip and uh you know he advised me that i was sending people to hell by promoting this type of music so i was like okay thanks for talking in the discussion have a nice day. I know, so, I know I'm on the right track if I'm upsetting people like you. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the, for the confirmation with that. You know, there's a lot going on in culture right now that the church has to deal with and contend with. What are some of these issues that you're seeing popping up in the culture outside of the church that we're having to deal with right now? And on some of those things, what do you think is the best way for the church to deal with these issues? I think the church, uh, in, so there's two questions there, at least I'm going to try to answer. Um, the first question is how should how should church deal with cultural issues that pop up that maybe don't darken the doors of the church? And one, I think there's there's a grave we do a, do a grave disservice to the culture when we make church about the performance purely and strictly about looking the greatest that you'll ever look during the week. I, I think we do the people a grave disservice because people who don't know God walk in and think. This is this is how these people act, and oh, okay. They, I mean, they're they they must be better than me. And then they see them out during during the week, and they realize they're just human beings too. We're all we're all we're all on this 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 journey, and we all have the sanctification process to go through as, as Christians. Um, but as as a church, I think we need to respond with a balance of grace and truth. And again, I don't have the answers to all of that. But I think quite often we let one overbalance the other. That's why the Bible was that. I love the verse when mm. it talks about Jesus came full of grace and truth. If he came with too much grace, too much grace, uh, he right. he wouldn't have talked about sin. He wouldn't have exposed hell. He wouldn't have exposed the, the the misdeeds of the nation. But if he came in too much truth, he would have beat down that nation because rightfully so, and based on the justice of God, he could have called fire and brimstone down on them. Yeah. So the grace and truth balance is something that I think we as the church lack and need to improve on and strive to improve on every day because I don't think any of us could necessarily arrive, but make that the focus point. If we can be more like to be more like Christ, we need to balance with grace and truth. And so that's how we need to speak wow. into these cultural issues. That's how we need to speak into uh, the lives of the, the people that we deem as weird because our culture is totally different from their culture. They grew up in a different part of town that makes them act a little different, that makes them have a different perception on life. Um, we need to find a balance of grace and truth to be able to speak to and we and get through the weeds of certain things because sometimes it is just a cultural preference and not something that's wrong. You know, just because that man talks with that kind of accent 
and he and he wears his pants a little lower doesn't mean that everything in his life is going 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 this way and doesn't mean that that God isn't looking to save him just as much as he's looking to save you yeah. and uh and so I, I think the church and the culture in regards to any issue whether it's trying to talk about sex outside of marriage whether it's trying to talk about the 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 drug wars whether it's time trying to talk about sin in general the 10 commandments the foundations of the country that we live in here in America um, all of these issues need to come each of us need to strive to come at these issues with grace and truth knowing that when we don't have the answers he's got the answers and sometimes we need to admit when we're wrong and and know that we don't have the answers and yeah. uh, and, and balance the addressing with grace and truth Dude, I'm getting fed this morning. I, that is so profound, the grace and truth. And that's something that I'm going to chew on and would encourage everybody that's watching and listening to chew on that as well, the grace and truth, because you're so right. Jesus could have just, you know, when he came, could have annihilated everything because everything is just completely off. And I think a lot of times uh, we see ourselves as believers as the ones that have to be the hot and heavy and, you know, negate the grace. And, uh, we do a lot of destruction. Then there's the opposite end of it where we just let everything, you know, anything goes and it's, yeah, it, it, it's okay. And it's finding that balance and that takes time to arrive at. It really does. What is your favorite hymn? Which one moves you the most? Um, probably it is well with my soul. Oh yes. Uh, the yes. story behind it's incredible. Again, the, what's funny is, okay. Here, side note real quick. Um, the the story behind it as well with my soul is powerful the what happened to Horatio Spafford and his family and the the way in which she wrote that song is just just powerful up there with like the national anthem in my opinion yeah. but um but he went on and did i mean later in his life he he failed he had some failure and we mm -hmm. don't throw the the him out saying well this guy had some failure in his life and his family did some weird stuff at the end of their life and uh and say you know you know disregard it altogether no there's some powerful truth that God used in that hymn and, and, and it's still just as true today, even if the person who wrote it wasn't perfect. I think of David who wrote the Psalms and probably wrote many of them before yeah. Bathsheba and we'll still read through it like it's the most amazing thing because it's the word of God. Yeah. And God still works through broken people. And so many times we'll throw songs even today out because they're written by people who have some direct failure, even even now. Yeah. And uh, so I don't I'm, I'm careful about throwing things out because of there's imperfect people writing them. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to bounce off that a little bit uh, because you've probably seen them as well. All of the discernment videos that are out there that'll tell you, well, don't listen to this because this yeah. guy did this. And oh my goodness, a Christian scandal. This guy did this. You know, and if we had that back uh, during David's day, I'm sure David would have been the hot topic of many discernment oh, yeah. videos of, oh, you can't listen to any of these Psalms because he did this. And, you know, Wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not the real deal. You know, he wouldn't have done that if he was really following God. Um, there's another hymn that, uh, when we talk about the imperfections of people and, and things that happen, you know, Martin Luther, the great reformer, uh, did many things for the gospel, but there were, you know, as we look at towards the end of the reformation, there was some stuff in his life that it's like, Oh, I'm not so sure about that. And that's not the greatest, but his hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Every time I hear that, I cry. I, it's it's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love it's that song. thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tearing me up just thinking about that song. It it's could good. be too, because I grew up watching Davy and Goliath as well. Oh, the, the, uh, really? Yes. You too? You too? All right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I love Davy and Goliath. Uh, that was a great show. And that was even before my, I wasn't even a believer and I'd watch Davy and Goliath. And really the word that was sown into me through that, the conscience 
um, I think really was the seed that led me to salvation eventually when I became older. So thank you to uh, those little, what were they, claymation or? Yeah, um, creepy, yeah. kind of creepy, but yeah. They, they were, yeah. they were the talk, the talking dog. Hey, that'd be another topic for a discernment video. Don't watch, don't watch uh, things, uh, you know, they have talking dogs because that's not biblical. Well, yeah, yeah. there were talking, there were talking. activity animals. here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're definitely a man with a mission and you have boldness and God is definitely using you to further the gospel. Where do you hope to see yourself in the future? Where do you believe God is leading you? I believe with all my heart that I'm supposed to do what I'm doing now. And and so I guess to answer your question, I don't know where that'll lead me exactly. I don't know exactly how, to what extent. I, I would love to, like my dream, like I've had, like we all have dreams. One of my dreams is opening or performing alongside dudes like like Toby Mac, I, I want to do it professionally and as well as I can for as long as God lets me. As long as there's breath in my lungs, as long as there's a voice that I can sing, and as long as I got people who are trying to trying to help the the mission along, because none of us can do this stuff alone. Um, that is uh, that is. I mean, I just want to do what I'm doing now and keep building and learning and growing. All righty. Well, thank you once again for. Uh, sitting through uh, some of those questions. I hope there was some insight there that you liked. I hope there was some conversation that you enjoyed. I I sure enjoyed it, but maybe that's just because I was the guy running my mouth half the time. I don't know. But uh, I always enjoy questions that make us have to sit back and consider things that are more than skin deep. And that's one of the reasons why we as the Bold Believer podcast exist. Uh, We know sometimes we probably say some things that are super simple, sinful, (laughs) super simple, super... Uh, just not intrinsically deep or anything like that, um, and preach to the choir many times. And maybe you've been to Bible college, and maybe you've got a master's degree in some area, and I'm, I go off spouting about something, and it's super amateur compared to what you know. I don't know. But we hope, at least for the audience who chooses to listen to us, that what we have to put out is something that will help you learn and grow. I mean, each of us are in a process of learning and growing, and we all want to share uh, at The Bold Believer podcast. We want to share with you some of those things that we've found to be helpful, encouraging, uh, fortifying in our faith, and uh, information that helps us uh, have the knowledge and the wisdom to rightfully discern truth from error, even within the Christian circles, because there are so many things, so many people, that is, running around spouting off things that we wouldn't know to be true or not unless we started digging below the surface of what they say or don't say. There's people pushing doctrines that they state they have it founded on the Word of God, for example. They, they'll state uh, Mormonism, for example. I know there are some very amazing people who are in the Mormon church. When I say amazing, I mean like physically they, they go out and they do things that most people don't want to do. They, they're amazing soul winners, so to speak, even though I don't think that they're really winning souls. If truly you follow the Mormon teaching and how to get to heaven, I mean it is blasphemy. I'll just say it bluntly like that. That doesn't mean every single Mormon is on their way to hell, and that doesn't mean that uh, I hate Mormons. I I desire Mormons, uh, just as any other religious group, I desire them to come to the truth found only in Jesus Christ, Lord God in flesh, the third part of the Trinity, or the second part of the Trinity, that is, at least the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, the second part that we often know him as, the Son, uh, God being In the beginning, as John 1 states, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, It's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I want to kick it while we're here. Uh, I remember talking to a Mormon uh, acquaintance of mine, and 
And I asked him, okay, what do you do with John 1, verse 1, where it states, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he replied, well, it's very obvious. In the beginning was the Word, so the Word being Jesus, and the Word was with God. And, uh, and, and he, that's what he left it off on. And I went on to say, well, you, you totally forgot the end of that verse. And, and the Word was God. And he said, well, that, that just means God, is, God and Jesus were one in essence. They had the same mind to do the same things. They, they were on the same page. They were one in essence. But what do you do with all the other scriptures that profess that Jesus Christ is one with the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus himself said that. Uh, he, he was asked if he was the son of the living God, and he was asked questions that basically made him equal with God. I shouldn't say basically. He was asked very direct questions about his equality with God or being co-equal with God himself, and he replied that he was co-equal with God himself. And we see other scriptures go on to affirm the triuneness, if that's a word, the tr- trinity, the Godhead. Though we do not see the term trinity in the scripture, trinity just means uh, three in one, uh, three existing entities or beings of sorts, all being of the same person, all being of the same intelligence, God, that is, that one God, but three distinct personages, each of these being one. We may even do a full episode on the Trinity. Again, it's such a large topic. I mean, it's easy to explain in some analogies and things like that, but to truly wrap our mind around the Trinity, you, we would have to be God himself, I believe. Uh, there's so many little uh, elements to what, how can God be all three and one, but not be separate, but be separate in an entity or in, in how their characteristics play out in this in the world and things like that. It's it's so deep. But so we might actually do a whole episode on the Trinity here soon. But what are your thoughts of today's episode? Were there some questions? I know that this episode particularly is a little shorter than uh, normal episodes, but I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on the questions that were answered or are asked, and maybe some further thoughts in. Uh, below the episode. If you're listening on Spotify, there's always a little uh, review place where you can go in and leave your feedback about that particular episode. There's some questions about what stood out to you most, or sometimes we'll do a poll to see what which you liked better between two different things in the episode, or whatever that is. So check out wherever you listen to your podcast and see if there's options to, to engage. We love hearing from you all. And uh, if you have any questions specifically about uh, things you'd like to, us to do on upcoming episodes, please leave those those thoughts. And if you would like, and there's a name tag to that question, we will shout you out on this podcast and when we go and talk about that particular area of faith. And so, yeah, please be sure to do that. Again, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a little review wherever you get your podcasts, if that is available to do. Again, it's super helpful, and it'll help us be able to plat- platform this more effectively as there are so many voices screaming out, we pray and we hope and we desire to be a voice of truth. In the midst of a million voices, we want to always balance grace and truth. We want to balance the truth, as I said during the interview, with grace. Because there's many people who are saying the right things in regards to the truth, but they're not being graceful about it, or they don't know how to say it quite right. And I don't profess to know how to say it quite right, but I always want to strive to have that balance full of grace and truth, because if we truly want to be like Christ, that is what will keep us balanced in all areas of our lives, being full of grace and truth. Thank you so much once again for listening to The Bold Believer this week. We hope you enjoyed what you heard and that you heard something that could help you go out and strengthen your faith so that you can effectively be more of a bold believer every single day. Come back again next week for another episode. Love y'all.
Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now, go out and be a bold believer.